0: This is episode 35 of Essential Oils by Design. Hi everyone, you're listening to Essential Oils by Design, the podcast about essential oils and human design and how they work so beautifully together. We're your hosts, Nani Chassire and Roz Isbell, and there are three things we're both passionate about, essential oils, human design, and making the world a better place by helping people get both in their lives. Hi, Roz. Hi, Nani. So today we're going to talk about jargon in the human design world, I guess. We are going to break down some words that you might hear and make sure that you understand what they mean. You might want to get out your human design chart so you can kind of look at it as we go down the list or if you're listening where you don't have your chart available, you could always go back to it, take a look. Raz, I don't know if you have something else to add before we jump right in. Yes, I I really just want to say that
1: Nani and I do realize that we tend to use language that is very much based around human design and the information that who got was that he was to call things by particular names. And when you overlay those terms with all of the information that human design brings, it can get pretty confusing. So we thought it was about time that we did an episode to help to break that down for you, to help you to understand what the different pieces of human design were. So buckle up, grab a pen and paper if that's who you are, and we're going to go through a whole lot of terminology. So this is going to be a two-parter. So hopefully by the end of these two episodes, you'll understand human design a whole lot more.
0: The first thing that we're going to talk about is just the chart and what that means, because you could listen to our podcast and learn about human design and essential oils, but you may have not even ever looked at a chart. So you can go to something like freehumandesignchart.com and put in your birth information and it will populate a chart based on the information that you put in and that's called your human design chart. And it tells you so many things. It could take 10 hours or more to tell you all the things that we could find in there.
1: Yeah. So that chart is often referred to as the body graph. So if you ever see the term body graph, you know that that's referring to what we tend to call the human design chart. The human design chart is that image of a person with a triangle superimposed over it with a whole lot of shapes triangles and diamonds and squares on it and usually some of those triangles and squares and diamonds are colored in and most of the time they are colored in in the same colors so most of the time if the triangle at the top of the chart is colored in it's going to be yellow and if the triangle under that is colored in, it's going to be green. But I say most of the time because some people have got a little bit artistic and have started putting their own colors into the body graph. And often you find they're related to the chakras. There's no right or wrong about that. Any, any color is is fine. It's just that when Ra was given the information, when he downloaded the system, And if you want to know more about that, there's an episode on the history of human design. If you go back through our episodes, what happened was he was told by the voice to make the human design body graph certain colors and the shapes should be certain colors. So nobody knows why, maybe Ra knows why, but Ra's not here to tell us anymore, unfortunately. So yes, that's the human design chart. And then the next layer is look at your human design chart. You'll see that there are a couple of columns of numbers and some little symbols or glyphs running down beside the numbers as well. And one side of those numbers is black and one side of those numbers is red. And depending on which human design chart software was used, the black numbers will have a written above them either the words personality or conscious and the numbers on the other side that are in red will have written above them either design or unconscious. Can you see how confusing it is? And we haven't even really gotten five minutes into this conversation, but the black numbers are either personality or conscious and the red numbers are either design or unconscious. And they refer to the red and black lines in your chart, which we'll talk about later on.
0: So even the word design and personality and conscious and unconscious, as Roz said, we're gonna tell you more about what the details mean underneath, but the red is kind of like your life plan or what you came here to do on earth. And it's kinda of, it can be your personality that other people know about you and you you may not even like realize it about yourself, but other people can feel that piece of you and it's how you live out your life. And the black is kind of like your soul that comes and is coming here to learn lessons. And so, yeah, a lot of the energies on the black side, you might know about, like, that's why they call it conscious, because you might, like, relate to those energies, but they're often there to show you some lessons or different things that you came here to learn. And sometimes they're struggles, but it's for the greater purpose for yourself, for the greater spiritual purpose.
1: Yeah, beautiful. So just to maybe summarize, the black numbers are the conscious numbers, the ones that you are conscious about, the ones that you know. Once you are capable of conscious thought, you know that's who you are. The red numbers are the unconscious numbers and they are the ones that you are not necessarily aware of, but other people are, as Nani said. And oftentimes you don't even know that they're who you are until you get to around about 40. Once you get to about the age of 40, you start to have enough experience under your belt to know, oh, yes, well, people have told me often enough that that's who I am and I have some innate feeling that that's who I am. But often if you're doing a reading for somebody under the age of 40, you know, maybe in their 20s, they don't recognize that, those red numbers in themselves, but other people definitely
0: do. The next thing we're going to talk about is type. And we've talked about this a lot. But there's ways to look at your chart and see based on what shapes are filled in what type you are. But really the easiest way to find that is in a summary section. And it will just tell you, you are a manifester, generator, manifesting generator, projector, or reflector. And those are how you interact with the world and there's different components to it, which we're going to talk about the jargon for those components next.
1: So the next one we're going to talk about is strategy. So just to be clear, we've done the human design chart. We've done conscious and unconscious or design and personality. We've done type. We're now doing strategy. So when we refer to strategy, in human design, we're referring to a specific way of behaving to make a decision or take action that's correct for your type. So the strategy is what you need to do for your type to be in flow, basically.
0: The strategy is, Raz could tell you, it's, it's how you follow your natural groove, <laughs> For example, the generator is to wait to respond. I know that one very well because I'm a generator. And manifestor is to inform. And manifesting generator is to wait to respond and inform. The projector is to wait to be invited. And the reflector is to wait for the moon cycle. Then once you know your strategy, you still want to know what your authority is. So your authority is just a tool for living and making decisions. And it depends on what's defined in your chart. And in general, I mean, the biggest population is generators and manifesting generators, and their authority is the sacral uh uh-huh or uh uh-uh. But of course, there are many other types of authorities. So the authority is the way that you make decisions. And one of the easiest ones to explain is the emotional authority, which 50% of the population have this, and that just means you have to wait through your emotional waves to make decisions. The different authorities have different ways that tell you when a decision is right for you or not. For example, like if you have splenic authority, it's like this instant hit that tells you if something's right for you or not. So it's kind of maybe the opposite of the emotional authority.
1: Yeah. So just check your chart to see what your authority is. And you can look that up quite easily. And we have done episodes on emotional authority and down the track, we'll definitely do an episode on the other types of authorities as well.
0: We've also done secret
1: Yeah, we've done sacred yeah. authority too. So that is authority and it's it's kind of like an, a little sneaky overlay, but it's a very important part of who you are. So the next thing we want to talk about is the not self. What on earth does it mean when we talk about the not self? It's not a very nice term really, is it? It's it's really you when you're out of alignment. You when you're not acting in accordance with your strategy. You have, sorry if you heard my dog scratching in the background, you have the potential to experience what is known as the not self. So In broad terms, if you are a generator type, the not-self theme, the not-self emotional theme is frustration. If you're a projector, the not-self theme would be bitterness. If you are a manifester, the not-self theme is anger. And if you are a reflector, the not-self theme is disappointment. And if you're a manifesting generator, you are particularly lucky because you get two not-self themes. You get frustration and anger because you get the frustration from the generator part and the anger from the manifester part. So they are the what you experience. And they're actually a really cool sign. If you're a generator and you are feeling frustrated, It's kind of like somebody holding this massive stop sign up in front of you and saying, stop, you're frustrated, something's going wrong, you're out of alignment, you're not responding, you're not asking your sacral, you're not doing what your sacral tells you to do. That's what we mean by acting out the not self. And and look the not self can also come about at much deeper levels of the chart, you know, into the gates and the channels and that sort of thing. But for the purposes of what we're discussing today, we'll talk about them in terms of the actual types.
0: I sometimes think of it as when you're feeling inauthentic. When you're authentic, you're in alignment, and when you're feeling inauthentic, you're in that not self place. Another way that I've thought about it is like you're possibly wearing a mask. Would you say that, Raz? Like- Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Being someone that you are not hiding either deliberately or being unaware that you're hiding behind a mask.
0: Yes. There's nothing wrong with this, but then those emotions kind of shake you out of it. So we're not going to talk about a lot of essential oils on this and I'm not going to even go into detail for each type because we've done that on many other episodes and I don't want to tell you the same thing again, but I do want to tell you there's an oil of unmasking, which is super cool, and it's black pepper. And I don't know, has it been replaced with pink pepper or is there no, also No, no, they're pepper? still okay. doing
1: both, which is lovely because they're both very, very cool, very, very good oils.
0: So if you're feeling emotionally dishonest or you're repressing something or you're feeling trapped, superficial or judgmental, try Black Pepper because it brings out honesty, authenticity, self-awareness and just personal integrity.
1: I love that. I love that. You know, Black Pepper is... A beautiful oil to use in your perfume blends. So if you're making yourself an essential oil perfume blend, and you can use some of the suggestions that we've made over the episodes to make a perfume blend for yourself, black pepper can really be that special source, if you like, that can really lift a perfume to next level and really make it something a little bit mysterious and unique and and specifically you. And while it's doing that, making your perfume blend smell better, it's helping you to be who you are, to be the truth of who you are. It's a great oil and it's probably one you'll hear us talk about a lot more (laughs) in, in future episodes. But yeah, great choice, Nani, great choice.
0: So the last thing that we're going to talk about in this episode is conditioning. And it somewhat has to do with the not self because conditioning actually can make you kind of go into the not-self mode, because it's kind of like thoughts, ideas, emotions, things that you collect over your lifetime from society, your parents, your teachers, all the people that influence you as you grow up. And it's not because they want to try to change you. They could have been conditioned themselves or just learned that you need to do something a certain way, and then that's what they want to teach you about. But as we learn more and more about human design, we're learning that sometimes teachings come from someone who is one certain energy type or way, and they're teaching you their way, which is totally fine. But if it doesn't resonate with you, it might be that that's not right for you. But we are often just collecting things called conditioning and it just becomes part of who we are, or what we think, or what we believe, or what we think we should do. I think Roz wants to add some more. I can tell.
1: <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> yeah, uh, really. It's. I'm just nodding my head in agreement with you. Conditioning is just one of those things that is almost impossible to avoid these days. I think I've said this before on the podcast. Now, I don't say this to be controversial at all, but there is a very strong argument to suggest that. You know, the second that we're born in a hospital room under fluorescent lights with an obstetrician at one end catching us or pulling us out, whatever the case may be, we've been conditioned. You know That's just the first type of conditioning that can affect us. So we are continually bombarded with different expectations. We're told by people usually, or very often people who love us a lot and only want the best for us. We're told how we should behave. We're told how we should eat. We're told what we should look like. We're told how we should dress. We are conditioned to be a specific way that our family of origin wants us to be, that our school wants us to be, that our workplace wants us to be, that those wonderful marketers who have all got our best interests at heart want us to be. You know, the ones that if there's money to be spent, then we need to condition people to think that they need to be something other than who they are. So it's a battle. It's a battle dealing with conditioning, deconditioning, which is the process that we go through once we start to understand our human design. And Ra Uruhu says, and he's a hundred percent right. And Ra told everyone that it takes seven years to decondition from the time you first meet your human design. And you know, really it does because it's it's a massive process and it's a cellular process. And really, it takes seven years for your cells to renew from point A to point B. And that's why it takes the seven years. And I will say that you can accelerate yourself through that process, but you can never cut down the time. It's always going to take that seven year period to become deconditioned.
0: And the reason Ra even brought human design to the awareness of the world is because of this conditioning and his hope was to teach parents so that they could start deconditioning themselves and then not condition their children as much as they were conditioned so it's going to be a slow process in the evolution of our world but just imagine a world where everyone could just be themselves it would definitely be a different world than we live in right now
1: when ra channeled the system he was told it's for the children not even for the adults and there's pretty strong argument to say that it was channeled in 1987 so a lot of children have been born since then who have been conditioned but I don't know about you Nani you know in the relatively short period of time that I've known about human design I have seen a massive growth in it when I first started doing human design readings Nobody knew what it was. Only the people that had told me about it knew what it was. And now, so many people know what human design is. Not a lot of people have fully embraced it yet. And that's what Nani and I are working towards but there are so many more people out there talking about human design doing readings teachings writing about it so it's getting out there and i think the prophecy is is finally coming true and you know it's exciting to think that in the future perhaps parents will know who their children are you know they will get this piece of paper with their newborn child's design on it when the child is born so that they know welcome your little projector to the world this is how your little projector needs to be treated or welcome your little 3420 manifesting generator to the world buckle up (laughs) 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 but yeah it's that's exactly we're pursuing a, a deconditioned world and perhaps that's something that's a long, long way off. But we can all do our little bit to, to bring us that a bit closer.
0: I want to just add one last essential oil for our podcast today, and that's lemon. And I would use this for deconditioning. You could also use lemongrass. I like both of those because they both help you let go and dissolve things and peel things off. Deconditioning is something like an onion where you're peeling off layer by layer and using an essential oil like lemon or lemongrass can just help you kind of let each piece go.
1: Absolutely. And I want to add one to it as well, which is so funny. I mean, it's not funny. There's no coincidences. I don't think it all happens for a reason, but all through this podcast I've been playing with my litsia. So you can get the litsia in a touch blend in the States and probably Elsewhere in Australia, you can get the pure essential oil. So, we are very lucky in that respect. Although, those touch blends are wonderful. So, definitely grab hold of one of those if Litzia calls your name. But it's just a fabulous oil for allaying those doubts you know, the doubt that can creep in when you're told that you are one thing, but you've been conditioned to be another. And it can really help to. Like Nani was saying before about peeling away the layers of the onion, it can really help with that renewal process, bringing forth the real you. So, have a look at that one as an option as well. So, we're going to finish up here and we will be back in the next episode with some more human design jargon. Hope you've enjoyed this. If you've got any questions about anything that we have discussed, any of the terminologies that we used, or anything to do with this particular program or indeed any episodes that we do, please let us know. You can email us at oilsbydesignpodcast at gmail.com or you can contact us at either of our websites where we both have essential oils businesses based and we both have human design businesses based. So Nani's website is humandesigntools.com my website is findyournaturalgroove.com. Jump on both of our websites, have a look around. You'll find lots of cool information about human design, what we do with human design and lots of information about essential oils as well. So once again, thank you for listening and we will see you next time when we talk a bit more about human design jargon. Bye Nani. Bye Raz.
0: Bye everyone. Bye.